we're back. Map to Africa. I appreciate you giving me the call out, man. Definitely. I've, I haven't been called Uncle Ray in like eight years. So oh, when, really? you, when you said that, that, that took me back home. I like it. Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the last time we saw each other was uh, you were doing a trip to Thailand and I was in Thailand and we kind of met uh, in, where was it, in, in Phuket? I, I have no idea. I just remember like randomly that I think social media realized we're in the same place, yes. um, linked up and then you're like, hey, meet me at this mountain or this cliff and I <laughs> met you up there and we sat, I think we had, a, we had a beer and we sat with our legs over the cliff just watching the waves come in. Yes. And then sunset at the same time. Yeah, and, and they actually sold weed from that same bar. Um, I, whether we, <laughs> we partook in that or not, I don't know. It was quite good as well. <laughs> you can't say that. You're, you're yeah. in Dubai. You've got to be careful what you say. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. International law, I guess. Yeah. No, but it was definitely, I just remember as well, afterwards we did like a little windy drive down the mountain That's on right. the scooters. Yeah, yeah. And you had just got a tattoo, I believe. I think that was your bicep one. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got the um, the jumblies. Uh, it's it's about these aliens that uh, take kids away that have kind of had a hard <laughs> upbringing, and I don't know why. There's <laughs> a poem that my dad used to read to me when I was young, and um, yeah, I got to put on my arm. Is there I something think, you're not telling us? No, um, <laughs> like many people that go to Thailand and sort of do a sabbatical there, I, you know, the foreigners just get tattoos. Uh, get a ukulele and get uh, a scooter. I think those are the three things that any foreigner in Thailand needs to get. That uh, one comes from Thailand. Oh, you see. I've got it. I'm not, I don't know if this is PG, but I've got a Thailand tattoo on my ribs oh, over here. Of a compass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm part of that crew. <laughs> I told you. That's what happens. I've taken my ankle bracelet off since then. Though, so I'm not, you know, I'm halfway in between. <laughs> so, um, Ray, what, what do you do? Um, you know, I know uh, we haven't connected in, in, in ages. Um, give mm. us a sort of a rough breakdown. I know you're a man of many talents, um, obviously very musical, <laughs> which we'll get into as well. But what do you do full time? Um, well, what I get paid for <laughs> pre-lockdown uh, was uh, I run cocktail bars. So mm -hmm. I live in Dubai at the moment. I left South Africa, still plan to come back. I left about seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. started working in bars um, and then that all progressed and evolved and now I run, um, I'm not sure if you know the Waldorf Astoria, yes. it's a worldwide like luxury hotel so mm -hmm. I run the beverage program in the hotel so that's in-room dining, that's conferences and we have three venues uh, Yeah, and then write the cocktail menus, obviously deal with all of that and just kind of run high-end bars. Nice and you're going to go through a cocktail for us, the, the perfect safari cocktail, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, since it's uh, from home, I've got a little... I'm going to start actually now just to show how, how easy it is. It's going to be like a vodka cocktail, and then it's going to be with rooibos tea and with nachis. Oh, I love so it. over here, they, they call it Mandarin. Um, I don't know how this will work, but... So last time I was... Home, it's a uh, 55 rand. I got some rooibos, some rooibos tea in the airport. I couldn't uh, give that up, nice. and then just nachis and syrup. Um, so what we're gonna do just while we're talking, because this little really easy infusion, it mm -hmm. takes like uh, like 20 to 30 minutes. So mm -hmm. I'll do it now, um, show you what it is, leave it on the side, then we carry on chatting, and then later on we can make the drink. Perfect. So no jokes, this is how easy it is. There's a little teacup. Mm -hmm. 
one bag of Neublas. I don't know what uh, vodka you use, but we've just got some like household stolich nine. I'll put about a hundred moles in there. I don't know if you can hear the sound. Mm. Sounds <laughs> delicious. I'm actually going to crack open. And then it's, I, it's it's my wife's birthday tomorrow, so we're celebrating oh, this evening and a prolonged sort of celebration until tomorrow. I've got a couple of bottles of wine that are ready. Um, I must actually send you some. It's delicious. We do. Um, we're starting to work with Upland Organic Wines. We did a podcast with them yesterday, but they export Amazing. a lot of their wine. But their brandy is. I, I mean, I've never tasted anything like it. I tasted a, a twenty-year-old from from him uh, yesterday and oh man i have never been a brandy drinker but uh, this stuff is incredible I, I like my whiskeys but this is just yeah i mean this is next level I'll, i'm going to send you um, send me his information because mm. right now i mean south africa like from the international market i mean it's what i do and um obviously wine is a big part of that and the whole movement because everyone's getting over the whole pretentiousness of the Oh, sorry if you have French listeners, but you know, all this old wine like France and like all these regulations and rules, and they're really enjoying um, some new school, uh, how can you say, methods. Mm -hmm. um, and everything, a lot of the South African market, especially people like Bartekloof and stuff like that. I mean, if you want me to link you up with them, they're, they're a great brand and um, also very um, biodynamic and very environmentally friendly. and also, South African wine is not pretentious in price, obviously, so mm -hmm. it really does work. Yeah. So I'm just going to show you that. That looks like nothing now. Mm -hmm. And then later on, we'll, we'll pick it up and you'll see the change in color. So you just leave it for 30 minutes and let it It's do cold, its thing. cold infusion, technically, but mm -hmm. let's be honest, it's, it's a functioning alcoholic, so <laughs> keep it simple. <laughs> nice. All right. Awesome. Um, so uh, take me out through kind of bedroom basking because I mean, we've always mm -hmm. known that you're musical. You always came with a guitar that seemed to be the, uh, the sort of second uh, instrument uh, apart from maybe, you know, a cooler box um, that, that we, we, we <laughs> to. Um, uh, uh, do you remember us watching hockey with the cool? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, supporting our mates playing hockey and um, there was always a guitar there was a hubley and there was a cooler box and that's kind of how yeah. we, we 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 traveled um, but the guitar yeah. was always sort of a nice way to round off the day every evening we'd finish up with a, a couple of songs from you and and now you've you started doing that online uh yeah um it's it's always been something i enjoyed like um starting off in durban back in the day, uh, I always played in the bedroom and I was always like, what they call like a bedroom rock star, you know, where mm. you, you, you like what you do, but you never show it to anyone else. Mm. And then I had a mate and he took me into my first ever open mic. And as I finished, I was shaky and nervous as hell. Um, and the organizer said, uh, he's like, someone really wants to meet you. Um, I think you should really go say hello. So I get to the bar um, and this old man says to me, do you like tequila? And I was like, does a cow move? And he's like, we're going we're to be good friends. Buys me two tequilas. And that person at the bar was Steve Fatal. Rest in peace. Um, so Steve Fatal from the Flames. And he said to me, he's like, I'm never going to pay you. 
but you'll get free tequila. He's like, do you want to just come open and play open mics and just jam some gigs with me? So we did that for a couple of years before I moved to Cape Town. Um, actually, what happened, he, we played in Cape Town as well when I was there with you. Um, so that's how it all evolved. I, I never did any money with it. It was always just a passion project. And I think that's what makes it so real is it's not about any contracts or anything. It's just me jam. Um, and then in Dubai, like, everything uh, got busy all the time. Like I was saying just before we started, I'd go for mm. months without playing. When quarantine happened, we started, um, they just reached out to me with the bartenders club. Um, we've got like Dubai Bartenders Club and they're like, let's do something fun. Let's just do a talent show, put everything together um, and then just see where it goes. So it was literally a, a little thing on Zoom and um, then they had some international people watching it. I just got some really good feedback. Um, and then my girlfriend just mentioned, she's like, why don't you just start a, a Instagram page? You know, you enjoy it and just put it out there. And then... It seems to be working, so keeping it going, it makes me smile. So that's all that counts, really. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I was saying uh, before we, we kind of started recording that this podcast is an incredible opportunity for me to just reach out to mates that I haven't spoken to for 10, 15 years, um, you know, mm -hmm. eight years, six years, whatever. Um, you know, pursuing that passion for you as music for me is, has always been uh, connecting with people. Uh, I love connecting mm -hmm. with people in the outdoors and sort of on hikes and, and, you know, bike rides and scooter trips and traveling. And with all of that sort of closed up and with the, the sort of pandemic that the world's going through at the moment, uh, having mediums like this to reach out and pursue your, your passions and interests, uh, if anything, just to connect with people or, or passions that you enjoy has been incredible. So that's awesome. And I, mean, it feels like I've kind of, I've, I've gotten to know you a little bit better over the past couple of months just you know, before we met uh, now on on um on this show i was just sitting going through your videos and listening to you and and um the the eagle eye cherry cover that you did you know it took me back to yeah. like matric with my mates that was our like matric back song and you know it was, uh, yeah? It was, yeah yeah and, and and that's i mean it's a massive passion for your uh, for you but it it uh, it allows people listening to sort of connect with their passions and old friends and mm -hmm. songs and um, you know, it's, it's, it's been incredible to see. So, so big ups. I mean, I, I've really enjoyed what you've been putting out. Cheers. Um, and I think you hit a very nice spot there. Like what you, I mean, I've always known you as someone that's, you know, we, what we played like miniature golf cause it was raining. So we played <laughs> in the house and you've always had that like activity behind, like you say, to bring people together. Mm -hmm. And this is just my translation of it. So like what you said now, how, I mean, that song when I played it this time was, definitely not I, I didn't have your matric vacation in mind at sure. all but the fact that someone else can translate it like that mm. and like it, it can mean something to them that I could never do on purpose I mm. think that's the beauty of it you know and that's what makes me carry on yeah and that connection with music so special I mean I, I know a lot of people are, are passionate enjoy music but uh, my old man I mean I've been carrying his band equipment since I could pick up anything um, you know, mm -hmm. growing up, I'd fall asleep against the speakers. And then when he's done at two o'clock in the morning, help him pack his van up and then head back yeah. home. And, and that's how I kind of grew up. So, you know, everything that you do, uh, I was speaking to a friend yesterday and I was actually that we were go I don't know what was happening around the, the, the dinner table. We were cooking and they were saying something around like whenever they're in a conversation and, and uh, they'll, they'll, they'll 
try and associate whatever the conversation is to other stories and bring those into mm -hmm. conversation. And my brain doesn't kind of work like that. It's always been like, I'll, I'll hear someone talk about something and I'll try and associate that to a song. And um, yeah. you know, that's, it's, it's kind of how I've, I've gotten to reconnect with you is even though we don't chat, kind of you know, sitting down and, and putting your, your music in the background and, and kind of just going from video to video and, and listening to what you're doing and seeing the passion um, translate mm -hmm. onto the um, onto social media has been been incredible. Well, that's just a nice thing to say. Man. Like, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Because <laughs> like, uh, like you know, when you like, I don't know, like that's don't take this wrong way. Like that's not the intention, but to hear it from someone else is always a good thing, man. Mm -hmm. That's. Um, but it's funny that you say that because my grandfather, uh, he used to play in a marching band and he used to jam uh, the snare drum. Mm -hmm. And he always said, if you could teach math in song, everyone would be, everyone would get A's. Oh, yeah. and, I was just, and that kind of goes back to like how the brain works and how you take over and how your memory attaches to these things. Like mm -hmm. you said, you can, a song can play and it just takes you back to, like I heard Linkin Park the other day and it just <laughs> took me back to, I, I mean, like jumping off as like a 12 year old or something like at a house party and just trying to be the cool guy you know? <laughs> uh, is that a hardy door in the background i think i can hear one i brought it in especially for you to connect with South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i remember i took a this is totally off topic but uh one of my best friends from here we went he's from scotland and we went home well to south africa to visit family and uh, there was a hardy door outside and we were a little bit hungover. We got up to some shenanigans the night before and he just woke up in a sweat and he's like, man, someone's getting murdered next door. Like what is going on? And I just let him freak out because I'm not going to correct that kind of madness. You know? so I'm sitting in the corner laughing my ass. And it's, yeah, no, that's uh, his introduction to hardy doors. Brilliant. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I was speaking to, um, Lorato, uh, also a school friend of mine, again on the podcast, mm -hmm. my wife's getting annoyed with me because every conversation I have, I was like, yeah, I was actually chatting to Raven the other day and um, we, we were saying, and she's like, stop it now. I know you were speaking to people, stop <laughs> referencing your conversations. But um, <laughs> I was chatting to her and, and you know, I, I was saying she's traveled a lot with, um, she was the media manager for the Proteas for 10 years okay, and she cool. traveled with the team a lot and uh, she, she, you know, she, she was saying that you, you get so connected to the destinations that you're traveling in. And, and it got me thinking, so, you know, living in an area versus traveling is two very different things. And how small things mm -hmm. like listening to a, or hearing a hardy dog brings you back to home. And, you know, it's a, it's a longing for home, uh, which you can yeah. only really experience when you live in another country. And, and you've been in Dubai now eight years. Yeah, well, coming up on eight years. Um, and you're a hundred percent correct with what you said. Like, I mean, uh, if we can go this far, you know, like a lot of people always say, if you move away, then you don't care about your country and stuff like that. And mm. I just want to put it out there that that's a bunch of balls. Like, it's <laughs> not true at all. Because, mm. like, I appreciate South Africa so much more now, mm. uh, just because of having the experience of traveling. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very easy to to stay in the same environments and have an opinion, but it's very hard to experience a lot and then create a factual opinion from there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, small things like uh, the trans guy, like eating fish in the trans guy, or the quality of meat, or the wine, or all these kind of things that you take for granted when you're you're in seeing the same thing all the time. 
and then you have an experience like Thailand, Bali, or you know, I've been fortunate to travel to a couple of places, and it just is like, yeah, that's cool, but we do it better, you know, like, a, and, a, the, and you can't, you can't read that on Google and say that it's true. You have to try it yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been a big thing for me. Yeah. We are truly blessed to be in this, um, you know, in, in South Africa and, and be so close to some, some spectacular countries uh, that, that neighbor us. Uh, it's, it's one of yeah. the big things that, that I'm super excited about starting this company is um, I want to do the, 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 uh, the podcast a little bit differently where I want to actually travel to de- from destination to destination and interview locals and interview people in those areas mm-hmm. and, and get the, the, the soul of a, a, a town um, and, and yeah. get the, the nuances behind why, what makes that town special. You know, there's a lot of content out there and photographs of, of towns and, and um, short little documentaries on, on the well-known areas and Cape Town's all over the place. But, you know, there's some of these mm. little Karoo towns and towns sort of yeah. in the trans sky that are so special. Uh, we, in December, we went to um, Kabara Lodge. It's a fishing lodge uh, about, uh, I think, an hour and a half, two hours from Hole in the Wall. And, uh, you know, we, okay, spent, cool. we, we spent two weeks just fishing. Um, practically on the beach every day. It's pet friendly, so we took the poodles with. Uh, we traveled uh, everywhere with them. And you got poodles. <laughs> yeah, man, I've got a, a big giant um, or standard poodle, but she's cross Bruvia, so she's a nice big uh, big girl. She's uh, She runs with my wife, and then I've got a little toy poodle. His name's Chewy. So we, we named them Leia and Chewy. <laughs> and uh, they go everywhere with That's us. Amazing. We travel. We, they've done four road trips down the garden route from here to Zanin. Um, already mm-hmm. uh with us so they they they've they're well-traveled poodles we haven't taken them internationally <laughs> yeah. yet but um i'm, I'm waiting yeah. for that first international trip to come and visit dubai with two poodles oh it's coming man you know you <laughs> just let me know when you're uh, when you're around uh... nice but jake karen you're saying you're fishing for two weeks yeah and and you know the the, the lodge the it's a new sort of um they, they've only been open for about two, three years, but that experience just sort of in the bush for two weeks, there's solar power. So there's a bit of electricity at night, but um, you know, we, mm-hmm. we actually, we only took enough meat for five or six days. And the rest of the time I was, I was, I'm going to catch fish. And I've never done like, I've, <laughs> I've done deep sea fishing with my, with my old man. We used to go out in Mozambique and it's completely different from rock and surf and fishing in the, in the river. Yeah. And yeah, after day four, I hadn't gotten the hang of it yet. So we, <laughs> we were struggling. Uh, day five was our last day. So you day lost a bit of weight on that trip. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I managed to catch some fish, but nothing, nothing massive. Yeah. We caught a ton of sand shark, but um, you know, mm. that's obviously just catch and release and you don't eat sand shark. And then we caught some small, yeah. small fish, but um, enough for, for, for us, but not quite what I wanted. It was a special experience. Sure. And, you know, um, kind of delving into to, to filming and, and podcasting and that kind of, it's something completely new, but it's super exciting because I want to start documenting these experiences and, and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and seeing the people behind those experiences. That's, that's, that's going to be something quite important for me uh, is understanding why people yeah. are in the locations that they are and why they're passionate about South Africa and Africa and, and what makes this place special. Um, yeah. So it's, so it's exciting. It's always interesting. 
it's always interesting when you find out why people do things like mm. Uh, mm. during during this quarantine i did a little uh, psychology like intro into psychology online course so it's like a six mm-hmm. week with yale university and it's very interesting to to figure out why people react a certain way mm. why they ask why they talk a certain way and mm. it's all again down to experience it's like yeah. the experience like some people are perfectly happy with the same routine from morning to day for the rest of their life Mm. and if that's what you're honestly happy about do it (laughs) you know and you know and if you want to chase and if you want to i don't know experience something different do it no one's Mm. stopping you you can do Mm. whatever you you want but um but going back to experiences in the trans guy me and me and a good friend of mine danny he he got a car as yeah he got a car you know during matric and all that kind of stuff so we always used to disappeared down to the trans car and it was literally like finish finish school on friday you know bags packed and just disappear no no phone signal no nothing and then just come back like two days later being like hey mom i'm still alive <laughs> and then go back to school you know and we had some crazy things like um ports and johns we ended up at the one time and we got so lost on the way down there and then he was a surfer and i was i've always been into photography and stuff like that so i used to take photos you know and make sure we had enough cold beer and stuff like that and all that the important um, jobs. and then we got that right <laughs> and then we got down to this place the surf was horrendous and we we're just stuck uh in the backpack thing and again like a big little a big little we got like a big fluffy fluffy dog that was part of the camp and then the surf instructor was a local boy and he was also just looking at the waves, realizing it was average, realizing he's got no work, so he was chilling. So we gave him a couple of beers, we got to know him. Next thing, he played in a little local reggae band. So they oh, were nice. playing at seven o'clock that night. So we went there, uh, we watched the local guys jam, and then after that, jammed with them as well. And then just like, and there's no way, I, I don't remember the guy's name, I don't, there's no way I'm in contact with him, but as an experience, it was really cool. I don't mm. nothing. Did you mm. just, have a an unforgettable night so it's already you know yeah how much is uh being able to 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 play music open up opportunities to meet unique people like that that i mean i'm sure you've had it a hundred times just sitting on the beach somewhere <clears throat> or or jamming and someone will come up mm. and sit around and start listening and that opens up sort of um conversations and it must happen quite a bit because it's annoying how how you know i i played ukulele again um tried to play ukulele for, for for about a year before you came and i was like okay i can play over the rainbow now i'm gonna i'm gonna take my ukulele with i'm gonna sit down with uncle ray and i'm gonna show him i get there i play over the rainbow and you you whip out your ukulele having never touched a thing before and just jam <laughs> and put in all this intricacy behind it and like i'm like ray I, wait i'm trying to count one two 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 three four oh, oh, I, frustrating. I remember that Oh. oh, I remember that. Um, <laughs> good times. Back, back to the question, like being very fortunate, it opens up a whole different chat. Mm. Uh, I've got a couple of examples. Uh, when I moved to Cape Town, actually with, uh, when I was hanging out with you guys and Bronnie or whatever, uh, me and a guy took uh, two guitars, an egg shaker and a didgeridoo up uh, Signal Hill. Mm-hmm. And we just started playing on the on this log, you know. And then, like, two people came. They're like, "You mind if we chill with you?" And at the end of it, we had like fifteen people around us, and none of it was scripted. None of it was thing. And we all just became mates. And it mm-hmm. wasn't even about conversation. It was just about being in each other's space and presence. And then, uh, the, yeah, 
I mean, you know, in Signal Hill, when it's just got that blanket of, of clouds coming over and you can't see anything, just the sun on top and like the blanket of clouds. And we just jammed against sunset and it was perfect, you know? And then another, uh, another time it happened, I went to Bali um, and then we were in the mainland um, and spoke to a couple of people in bars and they're like, yeah, you really need to get to the Gili Islands. That's where all the fun happens. So we're like, all right, that makes sense. Uh, but how do I get there? And it's like, well, that's up to you. You know, just make sure you get there. So we jam in, we chill in, we have a couple of beers, a couple of bintangs, and then we're down the road. There's guys playing guitar in a little room. So I've got a bit of liquid confidence coming up. So I'm just like, hey, do you mind, you know, if I, I jam with you? Sitting on the side of the street, man, like stray dogs everywhere, just jamming, no singing, no words, nothing. Next thing, he owned a van and they were leaving to Gilly Islands the next day. So we, we ended up hopping on that van for free, became friends with the guys, and we're in Gilly Island the next day, and we just had a great holiday. So. Yeah, it's, it's... That's my story. And, it, you know, speaking of, of, of sort of music and, and jamming and opening up conversations and whatnot, uh, could, you, could you, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but could you play something for us? Um, I, are you set up to do something like that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I could. I've got the loop pedal. I knew you were going to ask something like this. So I've got the loop pedal set up. <laughs> it's all connected. I don't know. I have no idea how it will sound. Straight 
strange people walking around missing everything that we can see. That will never change. Not perfect, but I feel okay. I lose waste time on wishing things away. Dreaming of better days. Caught underneath a mountain of and hoping I'll see you when you go. I'm rolling away. Don't wanna be late. On my way home. I mean, again, I'm not musical, so I don't know how your brain works to, but how you've got the loop pedal. Yeah. What, what are you thinking? In, Cause <laughs> I've often, I, I can't play music and sing at the same time, but now you're doing three mm. or four different things. You've got three or four different tracks that you're having to sync and you obviously practice yeah. that beforehand, but this is just hours and hours and hours and hours since you were how old that you've kind of been able to put this stuff together. I mean, I started, I was a very shy kid in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and then like everyone started going out and partying properly at like 12, 13. Um, <laughs> and then I decided to learn how to play guitar. Uh, and then from there I got a little bit more confident with everything. And then, so yeah, about 12, 13, I'm 28 now. So yeah, 15 years, I guess. No, but it's, I didn't have a I didn't have a loop pedal in the beginning. That sure. only came a little bit later. <laughs> and it's it's interesting for me because it's it's obviously a, a passion of yours, but uh, mm -hmm. you you invest quite a bit of time into that passion. How do you balance that? Because because for me, I I go into one thing and that's my focus. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm hardly ever an expert or, or, or really good at something, but if I, like the Ironman last year, we, we decided, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to start training for it. And we trained three mm -hmm. sessions a day, you know, uh, you investing six hours a day into just training 
you're balancing work and personal life and all of that jazz, but you've got a goal, you reach mm-hmm. that goal and then you kind of tick off and then you pursue something else. Mm-hmm. But the, the other things fall by the wayside a little bit, but for, for you, this has been a 13, 15 year passion. How do you balance that sort of drive to only kind of push and pursue that along with a career? Uh, I, I don't think it needs much explanation besides the fact that it's my escape. So mm-hmm. it's the only thing that I can truly switch off on. It's the only thing, reason, like I do a lot of everything's interlinked with phones and laptops and uh, working in bars and restaurants, it never really switches off, you know, it's like mm-hmm. always on. And it's the only time, uh, even before work, when it was like personal stuff going on, was the only time where everything else disappeared. Mm-hmm. And it was just like me and something else. So it's like, like everyone talks about yoga and meditation and all that. I believe in it firmly, but this is my version. So I don't think it's about balance. I think it's about release, if that and makes that, sense. Yeah, absolutely. And having that actual release to go to. Because it's difficult. Yeah. For a long time, my release was food. And eesh, it was difficult. <laughs> I got, I got <laughs> so deep. in the beer on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could. I, 126 kilos was the heaviest I was at. It wow. Was, it, wow. It got bad for, I mean, when you saw me in Thailand, I must have been about 98, almost 100 kilos. Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 80, 82 now. Yeah, 82 kilos. So well, I, I, I'm still skinny. So good on <laughs> you, man. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's about getting that uh, balance and, 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 and that passion for something that's healthy as well, you know, um, yeah. and, and you've got to watch yourself. Well, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, everyone, I don't know, everyone's trying to define everything at the moment, but mm. you cracked it on the head. It's just about balance, whether it is guitar for an hour, whether it is cooking for an hour, whether it is, I mean, when we had the ESCOM break, I went for a swim or something like just... I mean, you don't have to do everything for 10 hours at a time. You, mm. you know, you've got, and yeah, and honestly, the exact balance, I was watching like Gary Vee and all that stuff. And it's like, like people are talking about, like people always forget to add in sleep to their routine. Mm. You know, and I started for, not, not sleeping all day, but, you know, like adding that balance in so that when I do want to hit everything as hard as I can, I'm rested and I'm ready to go. So it's all about balance, no matter what you're doing. Nice. Even when you make a cocktail. About balance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see how you segued into your cocktail. So it's been, it's, it's the, the vodka and the, the robots has been going for almost three hours now, a little bit more no, than 30 no, no. minutes. I, I, I took it out. Oh, I did you? Okay. Out. All right. Look at that color there. Beautiful. And that's cold infused robots and vodka. Standard. And I actually use the, um, I put the tea bag in hot water just in case we want to make the drink a little bit longer. Okay. So it's actually got cold tea in the background as well. Lovely. I'll show you later. Awesome. Unless we get interrupted by <laughs> another break. Wi Fi or something. <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, I, I wanted to touch on you mentioned uh, during the break you went for a swim, which is not something yep. I, I, I traditionally remember you kind of pursuing was any form of physical activity. Apart from dancing, I do remember going out on long streets <laughs> <laughs> far too many times and being embarrassed by... Squeaking tacky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, squeaking tacky because I would just stand in the corner and, and, and nod, nod my oh. head in, in the worst sort of form. And uh, you actually <laughs> enjoy and, and, and pursue dancing as a passion. 
I remember that profusely. I mean, <laughs> I'm surprised you remember that because I almost forgot about all that. Like over here, it's a little bit different. <laughs> no, no, like uh, here, it's very uh, like pop culture takes over. You know, so like mm -hmm. music is one way. There's no underground scene. And I mean, if you do remember clearly, it was never dancing to impress. It was just dancing to like let go, yeah. you know. And um, like the only time I've done it here is I've had a couple of staffers that have come across and met up with me, and then we've just gone to like the dirtiest club you can find in Dubai, <laughs> and we've just opened up, man. I've got some crazy stories to tell you offline, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, dancing was—I I don't—I wouldn't call myself a no. I don't think I was good at dancing. I just was good at not giving up. <laughs> but but where is that um that exercise element um to to life come from or or was that always something that that, that you enjoyed mm -hmm. I I I really enjoy sport I mean in school I played basketball and I ended up playing tennis and all that kind of stuff then I got really lost when I came over here cuz it was mm -hmm. all just work sleep wake up work sleep and I got mad out of all of that routine um and I really enjoy playing soccer actually um, okay. for fun not for competitive hmm. um and then uh i think i think it's just maturity man i'm gonna claim that i might be slightly more mature than i used to be <laughs> um and it was just about finding the balance and it was hmm. about like um uh again also i mean i'm not comparing to any industry just stating what i know from personal experience like when you work in bars and restaurants it never stops. It always involves booze. Uh, when you are out with these kind of people, you, you're in the scene where you, you know, you really go sometimes too far. Um, and there was a big wake up call in the industry worldwide about like balance, like we've just spoken about. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, have a good time, but mm. or twice a week, go for a run or something, you know, it's, it's not going to kill you. It's probably, you know, so I wouldn't say that uh, I'm into fitness because uh, I lose weight really quickly <laughs> but I am I am like doing things like uh, going for a swim or just small things you know mm -hmm. yeah it's it's important I, uh, I'm I, I enjoy cycling and uh, yeah you're I, pretty good at that well I enjoy it uh, you know my, my wife's a, an, an athlete and she's she's a strong runner and um, she she's competed uh -huh. competitively and long distance running and that kind of stuff but um, so I just kind kind of try and tag along when I can, but I, I've I've recently started getting into just chase um, the chase the wife like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. get you. <laughs> but I, I've gotten into jujitsu, which has been great fun. It's 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 quite. That's cool. Yeah, it, it's been incredible because you know you 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 get into the gym and it's a new kind of skill that you're learning, and you mm -hmm. you realize that um, you know that old fifty five year old guy that wears glasses could you know roll with you and strangle you to death in two seconds and uh, he's yeah, half your yeah. size it's it's incredibly yeah. cool to see and 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 to experience that you know these these the, the skill and it, it's it's kind of like yeah. playing chess with your life um and if you're yeah. if in the beginning you know i i just it's like with anything that i learned because i was always quite small um, compared to everyone else on the rugby field or you know wherever i always try to use brute strength to get through it. yeah and jujitsu is unique yo it's all about technique you've got to apply technique otherwise you are dead in the water and it's been incredible to see like how um you know you can learn from the the first time i went to to the gym i, I rolled with a, a you roll with a whole group 
and um, my first sparring partner. So the first thing that you learn up front and personal was with a girl that weighed probably um, 55 kilos, tiny. Mm -hmm. And I rolled yeah. with her and she strangled me within five seconds, 10 seconds. She had me in a, uh, <laughs> and it's incredible to see like how technique and skill. I wish you had some, uh, I wish you had some, some of that uh, video lined up. I'd love to watch some of that. <laughs> Definitely not releasing you watch, any of do, that. But, <laughs> do you watch that? Like, I'm guessing you follow up on Joe Rogan and stuff like that as well then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah. tried jujitsu um, because of that. Real. Okay. Sick. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I love his podcast, obviously like millions of people do mm. um but uh so I, like the way he breaks down ufc because i i'm not a fight you've known me for how long like i'm <laughs> i tried to be the most peaceful person in the room yeah. i can get a little bit edgy sometimes but not <laughs> not in like a you know like confrontational physical way yeah no you know and i mean i can spin a couple of words around people's <laughs> heads but i'm not gonna you know what i mean um, and then I, I really enjoyed how he broke down UFC and stuff like that because it was all about the technique. There's a video, I'm, I'm guessing maybe you've watched it about him doing, I think it was a backwards roundhouse or something onto a bag and hitting it so hard. Like probably it, it, it sounded like a gunshot, like the way it was. <laughs> just, yeah. um, and it was all about, and he did it over and over. It's like Michael Jordan on a free throw. You know, it was just that, that routine that over and over and getting it spot on till no one can fuck with you. You know, like, in a, it's good to watch that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, he was a competitive Taekwondo. Um, uh, I think yeah. he, he went to nationals for Taekwondo and whatnot and, and grew up fighting and, and, but also from a, an escape point, um, you know, I, I think that I can't, can't speak for him. And I think millions will, will have heard this and, and him saying that before, but, but also just being like terrified of like big guys picking on you and, and, and kind of yeah. finding uh, uh, an escape for that. And uh, yeah. you know, it's one of the, the, the terrible things about lockdown has, has, has been amongst, you know, obviously economic ter uh, turmoil and job loss and, and um, just devastation of the economy is also the human element that's flying out of the window. I, I've lost so much contact with friends and it's affected me. I mean, for the first time in my life, I'm going to see a, a psychiatrist and, and like having to okay. talk about my feelings because I don't have someone to sit <laughs> with and actually, you know, just, just get things off your chest. And it's so important. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, 100%. and jujitsu was like that. I mean, you, you'd go and you'd roll with someone for, you know, the, the class would be an hour, hour and a half, but you know, while you're rolling with someone, you, you kind of, you know, you're trying to practice a move and you're, you're, you're talking someone through the move and then they try and strangle you, you try and strangle them, put them in an armbar, yeah. put them in a triangle, do whatever you need to do. And you practice and practice and practice, but it's, it's, it's human touch and human interaction that. If, if you don't have that, I think we're, as, as, as a species, we so, we, we, and we have to have it. And it's different, yeah, uh, you know, we do crave it. And, and not having that, especially now during the lockdown, has been so difficult for, and, and mm. I can imagine for so many people. And uh, it'll be interesting to see like kids that are born now and after this, what their development is going to be like because everything as we know it is going to change and um you know i i'm That's, terrified of of what's <laughs> what the future looks like post covid because it doesn't seem to I'm be going terrified. away 
Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I was getting fed up with the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 for real, like everyone, uh, I feel like we're taking advantage of everything, you know? Um, like my, when it first happened, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, Mitch, which I think you've met maybe once or twice. He's living in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's actually very good friends with Zach as well. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, and we were just saying, like, Mother Nature has been warning us for so long mm. and then we've just been ignoring being like right, i know you're there i know this is bad i'm <laughs> going to carry on and i think at one point mother nature was just like you know what <laughs> deal with this you know like <laughs> and then uh <laughs> and uh, uh so the reason uh, i think back what we spoke about earlier was just like we can either take this in and complain that things are going to be different or we can diversify and adjust and evolve and mm. i think that like for example i've had <clears throat> some people i know that have had kids and stuff and like the first thing they're going to say is that like people are going to teach covid in school like in history they're going to learn about covid and then we're going to be that generation that comes out of it and then the kids are going to be that generation that were born just during mm. so it is that old versus new and i think like everything we can either adjust and become better or we can just keep on messing up things and hopefully get to Mars or something like a new stop. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know it sounds so cynical, but I, I promise you I'm, I'm a happy guy in general. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's, it's been interesting because, you know, you've, you've got to really try and I've, I've always been someone that's, that's been scared to, I, I'll try something new and then I'll, I'll open up a business or I'll, I'll do some sort of small uh, something to generate an income and then I'll get a full-time job and I'll go back to the full-time job because that's kind of, you know, my mom had a full-time job, my dad had a full-time job. Um, that, that's kind of what you, you know to be what you need to do. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's the first time I've ever for three or four months not had another option. And it's been interesting to see my, my wife's a dietitian and she sees clients online and, and, but because mm. I've lost my job, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's no money coming in. So we've had to, and I use this phrase very loosely because I, I but we've had to try and hustle to try and get through the, the last <laughs> three or four months to make sure the medical Same. aid's been, you know, and, and, you know, I, I was for, for, for two, mm. two or three weeks, I was up in the mountains building a, a hut for the, the, the scouts and you know I've never I mean I've, I've helped out my dad renovated houses growing up and I'm, I'm semi-handy or whatnot but it was the first yeah, time that I've actually like built something myself like there was nothing there before you dig six holes you plant poles you put down a platform you get the walls up you wreck the roof you whack everything up and you build something and yeah you know it, it was the first time satisfying, I've actually no? it's super satisfying but mine would come out like that just to let you know <laughs> it'll be like architectural breakdown <laughs> carry on no um you say that the bloody thing we, we put it up and um a week later they there was a storm and the thing blew over <laughs> <laughs> didn't you learn about right angles in school peter what's was, going on I, i'm sorry i was soul destroying <laughs> so i went back and i i spent a week um uh, or two weeks putting it back up again and um okay. we had to rebuild the roof structure and the thing had, i don't want to make excuses but it had been flown up by an rx helicopter and dropped off there and left uh for about six months just in the rain and stuff so some of the support pillars had um not rotted but the, the wood was i think compromised 
Um, so we yeah. replaced all the side walls and um, the, the roof structure. And uh, we've had two big storms now and it's still standing. So thumbs up for that. All right. Well, congrats on you that. <laughs> Wait, I, I, I ch sometimes change light bulbs and that's about it. Like, <laughs> I've always been straight up with it. I'm like, I'm, I'm quite a romantic guy. I can cook like, a, like something else. I'll make you cocktails, but like that handiwork stuff now. Nah. We can get someone to do that. <laughs> it takes a village, right? You need everything. And then, you know, I, I think that it's, it's important now during these times to like try different things and diversify. And I mean, start a podcast, yeah. uh, start posting information about what you do and, and, and creating content because right now there's like a stark difference. I mean, if you look back five months ago, six months ago at the content being put out versus now, I'm really, it's the first time that you've actually seen like a more personalized touch from big companies that are yes. actually trying to sell to people as opposed to just like, this is our brand. We're going to stick to this brand. Mm -hmm. And it, it's been cool to see like big companies actually having to, to step back, uh, reassign, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, realign kind of reassess, targeting yeah. and mm -hmm. reassess and target people directly and become very personal. It's been interesting to see. Well, I mean, I can... hmm. I can completely jump onto that. And if you don't mind, just a little shout out. Like I've worked for Waldorf and then we work for, obviously we are owned by Hilton worldwide. Mm -hmm. So we are a worldwide company over a hundred years old, uh, biggest, uh, biggest hotel company chain in the entire world. Like everything is corporate. Everything is huge. You know, like this is why I took the job was to learn. Mm -hmm. And then when it came down to everything going on now, uh, they did exactly that. We started these like um, like online things, and it became about the person. So, yeah. uh, like I did cocktails. I did three cocktails from my home bar, and one of the chefs cooked from. But we did. I think we did four chefs during quarantine. It might mm -hmm. be three, three or four, um, and they cooked from their house, you know. And at the same time, the little kid ran through, yeah. and the amount of traction we got on that just from being able to personalize. And then at the end, we did like five questions or something. So like for the week edging up to it, they would ask us five questions. Uh, they would have one of those things where it says, what would you like to ask Raven, Luigi, uh, John, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and then they would have that at the end. And we made sure we kept a half an hour. Because you don't want to bore the people too long. But it was going back to your point, exactly what they did. The first thing they said was like quarantine. Like everyone's a bit down. Like people are unsure what, what's going to come, what's going to go. Um, and then they just decided to be humans again, you know, no robots. And I was mm. like, well, yeah, play, you know, and I fit it into that. I really enjoyed it. Um, I've been fortunate to like, this has come up and done some things with some whiskey brands and it's a, it's a cool little project to be a part of. I mean, mm. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's very, very interesting to see. And, you know, working in, in sales, uh, I think you, you try and take a personalized kind of sales approach um, where, where you try and aim your, your resources to engage with a person on a one-on-one -on -one level to understand what they want and, and to try and sort of make sure that what you're offering uh, ticks those boxes mm. or, or approaches that person's needs. But you can see it start coming through now real time where, where companies have actually taken a step back and realized, look, we have time right now. There's, there's no operations happening. Uh, we've got the resources and manpower to try and figure out what our clients actually want. And it's super interesting to see how companies have diversified and 
started taking a more personalized approach to, you know, I mean, I'm in the safari industry and, uh, you know, we do yeah. uh, travel options in South Africa and uh, neighboring countries and East Africa and whatnot. And you can start mm -hmm. seeing all the local lodges and international lodges starting to put out safari experiences, getting a better understanding of the guides, the guides get to share a bit of their life and get to interact yeah. with their audience, uh, albeit, you know, online, but you actually get to experience that uh, in a, in a virtual sort of setting, but you get a, a human element to the experience. And it's been super, super interesting to see. That's exactly what I wanted to like emphasize what you said. I mean, you were talking about human experience, then you were saying like how, you know, everything's become virtual, but we do have the ability to add a personal touch. Mm. Like I work in bars and I don't know about the safari uh, industry and I don't mm. know about tours and all that, but I know how to feel good. Like we've got a saying in our industry and it's just like people forget what you say or what you sell, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And that's how you, man, like I can show you a drink and you can make the same drink, but if your jokes are better than mine, I bet you you'll sell more drinks <laughs> than I do. And it's the same, you know what I mean? Like sure, it's sure. like, like it's, you know, um, and that is something I've firmly believed in for a long time. And now we're almost forced to focus on that human element. We're almost mm. forced to stop being pretentious, stop trying to, I mean, I'm, I'm in Dubai and they're spending like millions on a venue to make it look nice. And mm. then all the staff look sad and you're just like, well, I don't want to come to this beautiful place to see sad people because I'm yeah. trying to feel good, you know? Sure, um, sure. And going back to the virtual experiences, I mean, uh, we've seen a lot of, uh, you've got whiskey tastings online, you've got people doing wine stuff, man. Some of the sommeliers have jumped on this and they're doing a fantastic job of just chilling, opening up a bottle of wine, talking about the wine, you know, to themselves, to a live audience. Would you like some questions on like the live feed? And they're smashing it because yeah. it's, li it's literally like, you know, you've got a, him or her in your living room now talking about it. Mm. Um, like I did this really cool, sorry to float the boat, but <laughs> did mm. this uh, cocktail class. Um, and I knew someone in Cape Town. They became mm -hmm. very good friends. They mo I moved to Dubai a couple of years later. Him and his girlfriend moved to Dubai. They got married and then they moved to Kenya now. And they're from Zimbabwe. Um, and we've just been like, we don't chat every day, but when we do, it's a proper chat. Yeah. Um, and then we're, you, I started launching this like online cocktail class. So you message me, you say, I have these alcohols, these fruits, um, and these juices. What can I make? And then I send you back. We can make these four drinks. If you're up for it, we do three or four, whatever you want. And then I, instead of telling you to buy something, I just may help you use what you have in your house already to make a couple of drinks. And we do it like this on Zoom, you know, nice. so like, yeah. And then they had a baby shower and she was like, she was just like, Hey, um, just had a baby girl. This is what I've got. Can we make some pink drinks? And like three hours later, I was like, yeah, cool. Jumped on there for like half an hour. They're in Kenya. You know, they've got Very like cool. a little kid running havoc and they've got like, <laughs> I think it was like eight moms that just wanted to make like, she hadn't drunk in nine months because she was getting, having a baby. So <laughs> she was like, guys, right, let's get some pink bubbles going on you. And I mean, it was just really cool that I would never be able to give that to someone if we hadn't gone through this. Sure. You know, and they were, then, yeah. That sounds, that's incredible. And, and is it, is it something that you kind of like offering? I mean, can people uh, hit you up on Instagram and say, Hey, uncle Ray, we're looking for a, uh, you know, we've got X, Y, and Z in the kitchen. Um, you know, 
Nice. So they just reach out to you so, on, on how? Yeah. So there's two ways. Uh, I, I mean, I'm more Facebook, Instagram, and email. Mm -hmm. I'm not really, I'm not on Twitter or, and TikTok annoys me. So uh, <laughs> literally my name, Raven Rudolph, R-A-V-E-N-R-U-D-O-L-P-H. Uh, awesome. Probably there's only three of three Ravens Rudolphs on Facebook and one on Instagram. So you can find me there. Just send me a direct message or whatever. Let's arrange something. And yeah. And then Check. that at gmail.com is and is it uh, so any, anyone only listening to this uh, if you go raven rudolph and you look at the, if there's three the one with a really windy twirly mustache <laughs> in every photo um that'll that'll be on the ugly looking one that's oh, me <laughs> <laughs> all right so i mean that's a nice segue into into the cocktail i don't know if you if you want to take us into the 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 robos, uh and and nachi yeah. cocktail um, yeah, 100%. I'm just going to, if you don't mind, I've got some ice in the fridge, which I'll bring across. And then awesome. I can show you. I'll just angle it down. I've never made a cocktail sitting down, so this could be quite interesting. <laughs> just give me three seconds. I'll be back. Perfect. All right. Uh, Alrighty. So, yeah, I think the best way to do it is, uh, first of all, understanding that, like, everyone puts this big, I mean, I'm killing my own industry here, but everyone <laughs> puts this big, like, uh, like, oh, you have to study for this and that. But the thing <clears throat> I've tried to focus on a lot is, like, if you at home and you pour, like, a brand new or wine or whatever, like, you can make a couple of cocktails and you don't have to, you don't have to go so far. So just understand that this is like a cocktail at home. Like it's something anyone can do. You can do on a tour in the bush, just in a different glass if you want. Like it's, it's about keeping it simple and having some fun with it at the same time. Lovely. Um, so I'm just going to angle this down. I think. Does that work? You can see the chopping yes. board? Yeah. Boom. I, so as we said later, we've got... Uh, this is just the vodka that we put the rooibos tea in. And then I got some extra rooibos tea just in case. Um, and then I don't know if you can see that, but it's just honey. Just any honey. You can use maple syrup as well. It's pretty cool. Lovely. Um, and sorry, I just need to get the lime and the nachi. The ESCOM ruined the organization. <laughs> Yeah, um, if you're just dialing in for the uh, the cocktail session, we apologize. Um, we had load shedding a couple of hours ago, so this is uh, this podcast is in two segments. Um, I'm also wearing a different jacket because the heating in the house went down uh, when the power went off. So uh, it is the same day recording, but uh, yeah, in in two segments. So um, Uncle Ray's infused the uh, rooibos and vodka already, and he's got some honey and and limes. It looks like. And then I'm just gonna, I know I've already peeled it because I thought we were going to do it earlier, but nice. it's just a Nachi. It's pretty funny because I say Nachi here and no one knows what I'm talking about. So it's bliss. And because they call it Mandarin or something boring like that. Huh. Um, cool. 
and then there's just ice in that one, which I'll keep on the side, and then, yeah. So what we're gonna do, first of all, um, I'm gonna do some lime. So just cut it in half. And that's another thing about like what we're doing here is it's, it's not about precise measurements, it's about taste. So if you like something and I don't like it, or you like something more, add some more, you know, like don't be like, oh, it's not in the measurements. I don't know if you can see this, just lime squeeze it. Yeah, and, um, and you keep the alcohol for the end, right? So that it doesn't um, evaporate or I'm sure you'll get through that only, as well. Yeah, we always, I mean, as a common practice in bars, we only keep alcohol until the end so that you can save money. So if you make a mistake, you don't waste the most important ingredient. That's the only reason. Ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so there's just a bit of lime juice inside. And then I'm going to take, and again, as I say, please keep in mind, it's all home stuff. So uh, you can see that just what, one, two, three, four pieces of Naji. Drop them inside and you can use your knife to kind of open them up. Another great tool is uh, um, a wooden spoon. Wooden spoon is like kitchen's best tool when it goes, I can do anything. And you, you can purchase wooden spoons quite readily in Dubai? Oh yeah. We've got like, you can get them from the expensive places or you just grab them from like, uh, you know, you'd always, we call it Habibi business. Yeah. Where you've got like a, a little somebody around the side that does a special for you. Like, like a Thai Seven Eleven or, um, a, a spaza shop or something. Yeah, exactly. Even China mall or something like that. Um, and then, so when it regards to, as I say, this is honey, but, uh, it works very good with syrup as well. Um, I'm going to do two spoons of that because I like it sweet. However, some humans, they don't, which is also perfectly fine. Just less. I must just add um, some dietary advice. My wife always gives me nonsense if I use honey in anything. One teaspoon of honey is equal to one fruit. So if your daily oh. allowance is, uh, you know, two or three pieces of fruit or, or actual whole, like a banana, one teaspoon of honey. Yeah. So, so that's two bananas in there. So what you know what's really intake. good is the organic uh, agave. Organic agave. It's mm -hmm. the same kind of flavor-wise, but uh, uh, when it comes to, how can you say, looking good, I guess, or what, you know, if you're following something, you can find other sweeteners. Even, you know, stevia? Yes. Yeah, stevia is that natural sweetener as well. You can use that. And xylitol, well. I'm sure, it's as well. well. Yeah, yeah. It's more just to balance the fact that this is there. Yes. That's all. So it's it's not gonna control the whole flavor. And the more natural juices and sugars you get from the nachi or from rooibos or using tea, you know, that kind of stuff. So very fair point. If you're watching all of that, uh swap out the the honey for something more body friendly and uh, hopefully it tastes good there's zero calories well not zero calories there's very little calories in vodka and tequila <laughs> by the way so if you're trying to lose weight tequila is your one all right perfect sorry i interrupted you carry on no worries so this um i'm going to measure this is double and a single so if you have a shot glass at home uh that's one you're going to use two shot glasses of alcohol because why would you have a single if you're making a drink you know what i'm saying <laughs> Um, so I'm definitely going to mess a little bit here, but whatever. Yeah, not much. 
Um, if you do do this at home after half an hour, you should really see the um, uh, the smell. Because Roybo says, I mean, it smells like home for me, like the hardy dog sound. So you should really, def it really is very nice. And then this is just tea. So Roybo's tea. I took the same tea bag from the vodka and I put it in hot water again. I don't know how long. Nothing too scientific. So again, I'll do a double of that. Um, and that's about it, really. So now I'm going to stir. I don't know if you can see nicely, but everything's in there. Mm. Not too shabby, eh, Nigel? It's an old school CTM uh, advert reference there. <laughs> Do we have to explain that? What is your audience like, my friend? Well, I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So I'm going to give this a go. As I said, shaking, sitting down, it's not something I normally do. No, it looks good. But uh, also just understand like with this, uh, if you've got a protein shaker or anything you can close, you just put ice inside and shake it. You, this is, I mean, I'm fortunate that my industry will be allowed to get this, but you can, you can get it from anywhere. You can get it from your Habibi if you want. So I uh, don't know if there's any bartenders are listening, but if not, uh, see that, that foam on top. Um, so when you shake it, all you do is you dilute the, um, the ice dilutes and breaks a bit, which is amazing. And then it, it so you don't just have alcohol and fruit juice. It just brings it all together. Boom. This is where I'm going to be a little bit fancy and give you a nice little glass. Um, but again, you can pour it over ice if you want. It depends what you have. If you're in the bush and you have it in a hip flask, why not? If not, why not? If not, why not? Keep it cold. That's all you have to do. How's that color? It's, uh, it reminds me of an eagle song, Tequila Sunrise. Hey, that's an actual drink, man. It's oh, horrible. is it a drink? They use the, gre the grenadine in the bottom because uh, uh. sugar is at the bottom and then it looks like a sunrise. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to clean up now because I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the top, like normally what we do is like we'll take the skin of an orange, but obviously a nachi in this way. Nachis aren't the best for this, but we'll try it anyway. And it's not going to look good, but there's obviously all the oils inside. Mm -hmm. So you just squirt it on top. While we put it on the bottom, it's not to look cool, but actually when you hold the glass, it gets on your fingers. And then when you're talking and moving around, it's all around your face. So you kind of smell the drink before you drink it. And with that being said... Some bush bartender tips. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Uh, tastes horrendous. Don't try this. <laughs> I'm joking. It's all right. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's, um, yeah, so, so ingredients, you need some nachi, lime, uh, vodka, rooibos, and uh, some honey. Sweetener. Yeah. So uh, stevia or, um, yeah, depending on what you want. Brilliant. Thank you. And that's and, it. Yeah, that, I mean, that was great. I, I, you know, we got a triple uh, whammy there. I got to connect with a, an old mate. Uh, we got uh, some, some decent music. Uh, brilliant music, <laughs> not decent, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the wine talking, sorry. 
And uh, yeah, and we got to, to experience a, a, a bush vodka. Um, what are you going to call that, uh, Ray? I'm going to call this Peter's Delight. 